Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 24, beginning in the second half of verse 36 and continuing through verse 48. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead, and on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have always been scared of ghosts. Seriously, uh, since I was since I was little, I've been scared of ghosts more than snakes or heights or water or anything else. I remember being young, like six or seven years old, in my grandmother's basement with my older cousins, who thought it would be fun to play with an old Ouija board we found. You know those things with a, with a mystical planchette that you, you put your hands on and move it around the board that you use to communicate with the dead? It, it probably was fun for these older cousins of mine and as we began summoning the spirits of our departed relatives until I screamed so loud that my grandmother heard me, ran downstairs into the basement, and they were all in big trouble for scaring me so bad. I'm not sure exactly what it is with ghosts, but there is something about them that just unsettles me, which is true for a whole lot of people. Many people are scared of ghosts. If they were not scared, then no one would scream out loud in scary movies. And they do scream in scary movies. I've both heard them scream and be one of the ones who scream. What we know is that in every horror film that has ever been made, that the ghost Do not come back to visit people to tell them funny jokes or to make them feel better. Ghosts appear to the living to scare people in the movies. Sometimes to warn them as they did Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol or to to let the living know that the souls of the recently departed will never rest until they are avenged like they do in so many Shakespeare plays. So if a ghost shows up, movies, literature, and experience has taught 
us to be afraid. The disciples were afraid too. What's clear from our second scripture lesson is that they thought he was a ghost. That sounds strange to our ears. Just the idea that they would have been scared of our gentle Savior sounds very strange. But they were. They were terrified, Luke's gospel tells us. Why? Why did they scream like little kids or a grown pastor in a scary movie? They weren't, they weren't excited. They were terrified. They were not relieved. They were filled with dread. Think about it. Think about it with me this way. Had Shakespeare been the one to write the Gospel of Luke, I imagine he might have made Jesus something like the ghost king of Denmark and Hamlet. Maybe Jesus would have showed up as a ghost to tell the disciples who is to blame for his death, just as the ghost king tells his son Hamlet to avenge his murder by killing the new king, Hamlet's uncle. Only worse, if this were the case, then the ghost after revenge showed up to haunt the very ones who were partly guilty for his death. Certainly, if Jesus were a ghost, then he showed up to haunt the ones who felt guilty for his death. Surely they had spent their time hiding in that locked room feeling shame. Thinking about how the women were only brave enough, the only ones who were brave enough to be with him in the end. How they were the ones he called brothers, yet they abandoned, betrayed, or denied him. And maybe they were thinking that now his soul will never rest until justice is paid in full. Because that's what ghosts show up to do in the popular imagination. They show up to dredge up the past. And so the Gospel of Luke tells us that Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Now despite this very peaceful greeting, they were startled and terrified because they thought they were seeing a ghost. Jesus then said to them, Why are you frightened? I can pretty well answer that question. Had it been me standing there, I would have assumed that Jesus' ghost had returned to let me know how disappointed he was in me. How I failed him in the most crucial moment. I would assume that he would, he would speak to me of that moment that led to an innocent man's death and how I wasn't brave enough to do or say anything about it or to at least die up there next to him. Isn't that the kind of thing that ghosts always say? Can you think of a single ghost who comes back from the dead to let his friends and family know how proud he is of all of them? Just think about the ghost you've heard about. The headless horseman wants a new head. The creepy twins in The Shining want someone to come and play, which is a mundane invitation, but a ghost can make even a mundane invitation sound very creepy. Then there's little Cole Seer who sees dead people in the sixth sense. Why do the dead appear to this little boy? From Macbeth, Shakespeare gives us his answer. And oftentimes, to win us to our harm, 
The instruments of darkness tell us the truth. Win us with honest trifles and betrayals of deepest consequence. What do the disciples assume Jesus wants with them? Judas was dead already, but Peter still lived, and surely he was afraid that this ghost would reveal the truth of what he did. Had Jesus returned to hold him to account for what he'd failed to do? When we think of ghosts, that's something of what we think of. Even Casper, the friendly ghost, wants help making peace with his past. So if the disciples are afraid, we might assume that they thought he was a ghost who had come back to haunt them, like how my grandmother once threatened my mom. Kathy, when I die, if, if you clean out my house and if you pull all my stuff out to the front yard for a yard sale, I will haunt you for the rest of your life. That's how we think. We imagine that souls will return to earth to let us know how we have failed them. We have nightmares of our beloved whispering one last word, one last message. We, we long for their words to be words of, of love or affirmation, but we fear, we fear that they are disappointed in us. Some sons return to the grave of the father, worried that he hasn't lived up to the calling. Some even imagine, some even imagine that one day they will have to stand before God the Father and when their deeds are weighed, he will either be pleased or disappointed. My friends, if you imagine for a second that Christ would show up like a ghost who is disappointed in you, then you have forgotten who Christ is. Just as Christ asked the disciples, we must ask ourselves, why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? For Christ is not a ghost and vengeance is not what he is looking for. Christ comes to them alive and he comes now just as he lived, full of love and full of forgiveness. He is consistent now as he has ever been, as he said he would be. He is not like the headless horseman searching to do more harm in death as he did in life, but like the father welcomes the prodigal son home. He is not like any of the, the figures of horror movies who terrorize the living, but is like Esau who offers his brother Jacob the kind of forgiveness that he could never deserve. He is not like the ghost of Christmas yet to come who showed Scrooge his grave by pointing towards it with that shrouded and bony finger, but is like the Lamb of God most holy who invites us through the gates of heaven by opening his arms wide that he might embrace us fully. We all forget, even disciples forget what God is like sometimes. And we think that he blamed for getting lost when all he really wants is to find us. I recently read a sermon by the great Howard Thurman. Thurman is today considered the brilliant theological mind of the civil rights movement. 
He was from Florida, and he rode and he preached all over the country, teaching religion at Morehouse and Howard, traveling to India to meet with Gandhi. And when thinking about the parable of the lost sheep, he imagines what it might, like, might be like to, to find yourself as a lost sheep. Maybe it would be like this. A sheep was enjoying his grass and the other things that sheep enjoy as he went along. And then when he started feeling chilly, he didn't recall, but the only thing that he remembers is that suddenly he became aware that he was cold. And there was a a throwback in his mind, and he realized that he had been cold for some time, but the grass was good. Then he looked around and he discovered that he was alone, that everybody had gone, that is, that all the sheep had gone, and he began crying aloud. And then the shepherd, who had many sheep, missed him when he got back to the fold, and he left his ninety and nine, or whatever the number was, and he went to try to find this sheep that was lost. And Jesus said to those who were listening, God is like that. Well, of course he is. But when we find ourselves all alone, for some reason it becomes easier sometimes to believe in ghosts than in the loving, merciful shepherd. So hear this. Imagining that Peter and the others are afraid, Jesus does what Jesus always does. Jesus, seeking out what is precious and lost, finds them and rejoices. He greets them not with anger, but with happiness. Not with blame, but with thanksgiving. He's not mad at Peter. He just wants his friend to come back home. And that is what... We must remember today, as the Reverend Cassie Waits so beautifully put it in her sermon last Sunday, for a year now we have been like these disciples locked behind closed doors and now we must get back out again. The problem is, in order for us to leave, we first must conquer our fear of all the ghosts that might be out there. Lockdown started and then it just lasted So no one's had dinner together with their old friends. No one's seen you. So how do you start a relationship again after not talking for a whole year? There are likely all kinds of thoughts in your mind, the the kind of thoughts that wake us up in the night. What if they don't like me anymore? What if they're disappointed in me? What if they're mad at me? These are all the thoughts. These are all the kinds of thoughts that lurk in our imagination And keep us confined to self-imposed prisons. And so the Savior of the world walks right in and shows us how it's done. It all starts by him just asking, do you have anything here to eat? By asking for food, Jesus shows his disciples that he's a living man resurrected from the dead. That's true. But there's something else to this request that we must pay attention to. Namely, in making this request, Jesus shows us how easy reconciliation can be. That a chasm might be bridged over something as simple as a piece of broiled fish. 
That the difference between a, a ghost and a real person is that ghosts are not real. So don't let your fear of them keep you from living abundantly. All you really have to do is to show up on a doorstep trusting that death never has the final word if the living God is on your side. Our first scripture lesson put it this way. See what love the Father has given us? Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. So don't assume that you know how the story ends. You still have the chance to come back home to community and fellowship for Christ welcomes us all and we must be bold to welcome each other back home. This is the reality of the Father's love. That he could have remained in the tomb and allowed our rejection of him to have the final word, but instead he sought us out again, not as a ghost, but as a loving father who wants nothing more than to love his children and to bring them back home. We must give thanks to God for such wondrous love as this, but more than that, we must share such wondrous love with the world. For we are witnesses to these things. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.